as we mentioned, last week was Pentecost. And we talked about that, about what it was, God's presence coming down. Um, and that, you know, just not well, the, sim- the symbolism that, that it uh, has, all that fire and how we can see it in the Old Testament, you know, being in Mount Sinai and then on the temple and the tabernacle and all that now is resting on people. It is within people. And then later on, in the book of Acts, what we see is, how do these people live to and, and And one of the things that we can see back in the Old Testament is that in Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel, what happens is just people with different ways. When the Spirit comes, even, on, even though these are only Jews, at the moment, they all come together. So God is undoing and bringing together what we have distorted and broke apart. So that's part of the process. So the, new, the rest of the New Testament and the letters is just, how do we do this? How do we live together? Because living together does not mean uniformity. It means unity. And we'll see the, the difference between those two. And also that, because we can do this, because we are a new creation. Second Corinthians says that if anyone is in Christ, it's new creation. The old had passed away. Behold, the new has come. We have been given new life. Not empowered by, our, by ourselves, but by the Spirit itself, Himself. Therefore, how then should we live? So in order to answer this question, we're going to go to the book of Ephesians. I'm off center, sorry about that. There you go. I feel like, where, where am I? Anyway. In order to answer that question, we're going to go to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to read a passage there um, in chapter 5. But, you know, and, and trading carefully here and slowly, we don't want to take things out of context. We want to respect uh, that the, the letters of Ephesians was sent to a specific community dealing with specific issues of how to live together, and then figuring out how that we can bring it, bring it upon today and see how we can extract those principles and we can start applying them so we, i'm going to give you a little recap of the of the book of ephesians just so we can respect its audience respect its context and in this letter paul is addressing the city of ephesus the community of christians in the city of ephesus and then he's telling them things are different now chapter one tells you about that jesus is king of everything and everyone on chapter two he starts talking about that now non-Israelites, which this was a huge shock, are now included in the new humanity that God has created, which that started in Pentecost. And then later on in the book of Acts, we see how the Spirit comes upon a centurion, a Roman soldier. That's, that was quite a shock. Peter was like, I, okay, that, that's, that's happening. And it, 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 it did happen. And it has continued to happen. So, chapter 2 tells the community in Ephesus, Hey, non-Israelites, Gentiles, are part of this community too. Since this community, it is now formed by different nations in chapter 3, then Paul is encouraging in chapter 4 that they should live in unity. Again, unity and uniformity are two different things. We shouldn't all dress the same, but we should all be together. We all have our differences, but those shouldn't be the last word. This was something that happened in different ways. 
in different times in the first um, the first century with this with the beginning of the church. We can read it in the New Testament. It's all kinds of issues, and we still have them today. So, chapter five. This is we're gonna land. Paul tells him that you know, with this new life comes a freedom that you have. How then should we live in it? So now freedom is not doing whatever we want. We're not mavericks, right? It is being able to live within the parameters that the Lord has set. We'll jump into those because in chapter 5, verses 15 through 21, Paul tells us about these parameters. So let's read. Um, so turn on your Bibles or open up your Bibles in chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or reckless living. We don't use that word often. I don't I think it's pronounced debauchery, some say debauchery. Whatever. Reckless living. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So in this small paragraph here, Paul is laying down some parameters. There's three contrasts. I don't know if you noticed them. There's three contrasts that he's making. So he tells us that to live as, not to be unwise, but to be wise. Thank you, kiddos. Not to be foolish, but to discern God, thank you, discern God's will. Not to get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. These are some parameters of this new life. Now let's, again, freedom, this new freedom that we have been given within this new life, does not mean doing whatever I want. That's, that's not freedom. That's actually been a little selfish. Because when we do whatever we want, you, you're free, free to... Start driving on the wrong side of the street, but what happens? Or the wrong lane? You mess. You mess up with everyone else's freedom. So it's freedom is to, or you you know that's that's, that's the worst case scenario. So you we just don't do that. We just keep ourselves within the parameters we have been given. So let's jump into the first contrast here. Be wise instead of not being wise. And that's verses fifteen through sixteen. This um, saying how you walk, look carefully how you walk is just another way of saying how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Now, Paul writes, Paul is very careful when he picks his, his words, when he picks his contrast and his statements. He's not just, oh yeah, it is a nice thing to just say like, be wise, and I'm just going to write it down over here. He's very intentional. And when he says that we have to be wise, is with a purpose. The particular purpose is, Making the best use of the time. Now, this doesn't mean that he's just going to the book of Proverbs and saying, 
you know, this is the way you should live and so on. It's part of it. Proverbs shows us many of the ways in which we can live and enjoy this freedom without compromising it. But Paul is going even further back. He's going to Exodus 31, 1 through 3. And in that particular story, the Israelites have, been ta- have, have come out of, out of Egypt. They reach Mount Sinai. They get the, 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 the blueprints for the tabernacle. And they're supposed to decorate it to make it this way and that other way. And they get all the instructions. And then he tells Moses. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. With ability, the word there is translated as ability, but it is the word for wisdom. The Hebrew word is, it is wisdom. In other translations, we have wisdom and intelligence with knowledge and craftsmanship. Now, here wisdom, it doesn't have to do with your, with your IQ or how smart or clever you are. It, does, it means that you're really good at doing something. In this case, we wisdom in the, in, in the biblical narrative, in the, in the story of the Bible, it is that you become good at something by doing it again and again and again and again. Take the book of Proverbs. It tells you that you become wise once you practice how to live. You get to live better and better and better once you follow when you keep doing the things again and again and again, that's how you become better. It's just like any other skill. If you want to play guitar, you practice it again and again and again and again. You do it, you do it many, many, many times. Here, what is going on with Bezalel is that he has this ability of working with all kinds of, of craftsmanship that... The Lord is prompting him that you're gonna do, you're gonna use it for this. Now, what has happened? It is that they bring all the gold to him, and they, they, there's this raw potential of the gold to be something beautiful. So, being wise in the Bible means that you're gonna get what you have been given and get the, all the potential out of it, make a beautiful thing out of it. That, that's what Bezalel is called to do. So Paul, he's going to take all the gold, he's going to melt it down, and going to use it for utensils, for the tabernacle. So Paul brings that idea of, of wisdom, that you have been given this new life. You have this new life in the Spirit. We just celebrated last week. New life in the Spirit. What are you going to do with it? Be wise, that is, practice the proper way to live. Why? And he tells you the purpose. Because... That way, you will make the best use of your time. That means that you're going to be better and better decision makers. So we can make the best out of what this new life is. That is the biblical definition of wisdom. We work and do again and again and again. Because we never know when crises are going to happen. We need to be good decision makers. So when Paul mentions wise, it is encouraging us that we have this new life, this new time we have been given. Make the best of it by making good decisions. I mean, we're, if you already, 
in this kind of conversation is because we made a great decision already, which is following Jesus. Now, whatever stems from it, we keep making decisions in line with that. So, live as wise instead of unwise. Now, this is connected to the next contrast that we have. Discern God's will. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, if we are wise, it means that we are cultivating the understanding that we can make decisions that are more and more in line with the Lord. But now, when it comes to God's will, what does that mean? What does doing His will mean? In some ways, in many ways, this expresses parameters. Things that you should do, or things that you shouldn't do. But most of the time, in the biblical narrative, and especially since the beginning, God's will is, give, is this freedom, this big space that we have been given in which we can operate. If we go to back to, again, to Genesis, way back, way further back, Genesis 2.16, there we find the first commandment. The first time the word command appears. I know there's uh, something in Genesis 1 saying that there is an imperative of be fruitful and multiply, but the word command is not used there. The first time it appears is in Genesis 2.16, and the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. That's the first command. It, it means I have I've created this beautiful world and I have planted this special garden, which is all kinds of trees with fruits and gold and rivers and so on. And the first thing that the Lord says, go and enjoy them. They're all for you. There's one that you shouldn't, you know, there's the parameter. This one, you shouldn't touch. Well, that's what the woman says. You shouldn't eat from it. But then everything else is there. Now, God's will doesn't mean that God's going to go, you know, follow you until you know, go to the apple tree. The apple tree, right? Now it's the apple tree time. And then you're done. No, let's go to the pear. Let's go to the pear tree. Or let's go eat corn. No, he doesn't do that. God's will is not like pushing you and telling you, you should go do this. No, God's will. It's not a specific thing, but it's enjoying this whole freedom that we have. It means there are many right decisions. There are many right decisions. I, I think of right now my our, our son. Um, he's he's a Noah. Thank you. He's a, he's a toddler. He's, we started stop, we stopped calling him baby. We started calling him toddler, and he's getting into all different kinds of things. So we have created this space for him in which he can in which he can play and flourish like a young little toddler and, and, and do all kinds of things. Our, as parents, our will is for him to play with everything he has in this designated space. Sometimes we have some other spaces that he shouldn't get into. You know, that he loves to go to the bathroom and get the toilet paper and, sh- and, start, and start doing that. It, I mean, it's not gonna. It's not a heartbreaking thing, or it doesn't. You know, it's. But it's. That's not a designated space for him. Nor is you know, cables and other kinds of things. But he does this thing. So so, our will is not to tell him. So right now you play with the teddy bear. Good. Two hours of that. And now now go play to the slide. We don't follow him around. Then we just let him play. 
this new freedom, this new life, this being in God's will, it's similar. So you have this huge, this new life, new time. Be wise. That is, train, become better at making decisions so you can enjoy it. And you'll find God's will that you, have, you, you can do the best out of this. You can remain in it. Now, we need help. Because we still, we still, we still make many, plenty of mistakes that not only involves us, but mistakes against other people. In other words, we sin, and we. This is, and this is we're gonna focus more in the third contrast that we have, which is to be filled with the Spirit, and it's a contrast. It is not a the only. Because the, the what it says first is do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. It is a contrast. Don't do this, but do this. The only thing these two have um, that are similar, in, the, in which they overlap, is that both are outsiders, or there are external influences. In our new humanity, we will have many external influences that we need to learn how to avoid. There's specific influence that will impair us, just like alcohol impairs us. If we drink too much of it, it impairs us to make good decisions at the moment. That's what happens. It stops us from being able to live and enjoy the life we have been given. It dehumanizes us. So we are less humans than, the, than what we are supposed to be in God. In order for us to be more of the humans that God wants us to be, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, this does not mean, this does not mean that the Spirit is... Is not in us, and we need to get him, to get him back in us. That's a done deal. That's what happens. In, just in the in the chapter chapter four, verse thirty, we have Paul saying the Ephesians, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God." We can't do that. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, being able to have the Spirit in us, that's it's one and only. It happened already. Doesn't need to happen again. But we can grieve the Spirit. In other words, we can stop having, letting it influence us. And that's the thing with us, with humans, is that we get influences from something else. And that's the problem. Now, I, wanna, I have, I don't know, I hope the kids are still here. I see some, some have escaped. I want the kids to, invite, to come up stage. We're going to have a little object lesson of what I'm talking about. So, um, I need... Who can? I'm coming up. Someone, can you help me out? Yep. So all the kiddos, come up here, and you, you need to help me. Yep, just a little bit. And you can sit down. Hope you can see. I'm going to raise this thing so you can see them. So just sit. Just sit. And tell me if you can see, you cannot see, or raise things up, okay? All right. So we have two glasses here. So I don't want you to see what I've written down here anyway. So, this is the new life we have been given, right? 
it's, it's just water. Hmm? Tap water. That's what it is. Let me get my things ready. And this is the new life, right? The new life we have been given. It's clear. And we should try to keep it that way. But sometimes things happen, right? Many things happen. We have other things going on in our life, other influences. And then sometimes it is someone cutting off, and then we just get angry. And then we add this to that. And then we have other things as well, either bitterness or some other external influences that are not good for us. More joining us. Thank you. And then we add more of that. And then, you know, the spirit is still there, right? That was kind of grieved. Let's use that, that word. Another, another influence right there. And then we have other things that we do. Different practices that we have. That's a good question. What does it say there? Mm. Oh, you are you sure? It's... it's Oh, yeah, yeah, it is really good. So we, we add some of this one, and guess what happens? So, and then, ooh, oh, oh, okay. So that's what starts coming out. And what happens if I shake it? More of it comes out. Can I change the mind you just said? Yeah, at some other point. And then we have like addictions and some other things where we put some other, other influences, so many influences. We have addictions or or things that we, we recur to, habits that we have, things that we need to change, but we don't. And we just keep adding that, and that's your... Yeah, it doesn't... There you go. And we have all that. And that looks nasty, doesn't it? Ew! Maybe when we're done, you can, yeah, you, we, can, we can prepare you some. It's, it's, you want me to try this? Yeah! yeah. No, I won't do it. Thank you. Thank you, though. So, so what, do, what, what do we do with this? So, we have other this influence. Being influenced by the Spirit, it means that we're going to start making different decisions. But it's a partnership. We need to work together. The Spirit is the, is, is the person of the Trinity that nudges us and tells us, well, it would be a good idea just to, you know, start reading Scripture. And we start reading the Bible, right? And, I mean, still there. But instead of putting some other stuff, this nasty stuff, we're going to have to start putting, be filled a little bit with the Spirit. Okay? Read our Bible. That's good. What else do we do? We pray. We do that. And, and, and we need a lot of prayer, right? We need to pray for ourselves and for the people that love us, and we start putting more of that. You can smell the vinegar. I hope this clears out. What, what else can we do? It is so bad. That's why we don't put more into it. So, what else do we do? We? Community. So, what is community? What do we do? We come together on Sundays. We come to Grace Kids, right? And to Kingdom Kids. And we do things together, life groups and so many things. Because we need people around us to help us, to point things out to us. And we also need a lot of that because we like being in community. What, an egg? No, no, it's just, I think this is plenty, plenty bad stuff here. What else do we do? There are spiritual disciplines, and we do 
these are, you know, meditation. And we, we just dwell in the Spirit. And we do different things with solitude. And we practice. And we read other books. And we start just pouring that thing down into it. So we just keep doing it. And, keep doing, and we keep adding more of it. And I keep adding more of it because I'm going to drink this later. So, and we keep reading our scripture. And we keep doing that. And, and we just become Spirit-filled people, right? We need a bunch of this. There you go. So, we need a bunch of prayer. Is it prayer? Yes, praying. Now, what has happened? You drink it. I mean, just water. It has become water. This is what happens. This is what happens. It is not that these things are not present. They will be present. But instead of recurring and coming to these different things, we go... Into the spirit-led things. Now, how does this work? Was the water just going to jump here and go into the cup? Into the glass? No, I had to come and take the pitcher and pour it. Who gave me that conviction of doing this? There you go. The Holy Spirit did that for me. Who has to be the one who actually does it? It's, uh, it, it, no, we, we have to do it. We have to do our part. We have to... Partner with the Spirit. We have to work with the Spirit. Do we understand that? Yes? yes. We work with the Spirit. Work with us. We work with the Spirit. It's an external influence that helps us not be like this, but be like this. And what happens when, you know, an accident happens or something bad in our life happens? Uh, it's, water comes out. The Spirit comes out. If you're shaken and everything, that's what comes out. Not the other nasty stuff. Because being filled with the Spirit does not guarantee that we won't be lost, that there won't be suffering, that there won't be pain. We are outside of Eden. That's the reality. But we are being empowered to manage how to live this life. How to react, how to answer. And then we can be a blessing to others. Ooh. No more vinegar. All right. You, you may go to your seat, uh, kiddos. Thank you. Later. Later, okay? Later. That's good. I can, you can, I can give you some later, okay? All right. You can try. It's nasty. Yeah, yeah it's good. All right. So, the whole... P- <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's actual thing. It's not just water, guys. It is actual vinegar. It's like cheese. So what do we do here? When, the, when we are filled with the Spirit, what comes out is the Spirit. And it's a partnership. We work together. We do it together. Because God does not want robots. He wants us to work with Him. What happens after that? Then, when we have worked with the Spirit, the Spirit working with us, we're doing that together then we can do what the rest of the, the, the paragraph is talking about in Ephesians 5, 19-21. What do you have? Is addressing one another? How? In Psalms. And by Psalms, it is talking about the book of Psalms, which is the, 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 like the hymn book. Of, should be the hymn book of all Christians. So we'll be addressing one another in Psalms 
and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, because we have been given this new life. Giving thanks always and for everything, excuse me, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are enjoying this life. We are capable of doing that. When we are filled with the Spirit, we are capable of doing these things, and especially the last one, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Can you imagine a society in which we all submit to one another? Not to take advantage of, but not looking for myself, but for someone else's goodness. Blessing, to bless others. Then later on, the book of Ephesians continues and, and starts talking about the family, about wives and husbands and children and slaves and how society is works that time, but submitting to each other. That can only be done when we are filled with the Spirit. Because when we are filled with the Spirit, we know God's will. We know the parameters into which wise we can operate, in which we can live. And then we'll be wise. That means we'll be able to make the best out of this new life we have been given. It's about freedom. We have been set free. Because we know the truth. Three parameters. Let's be wise. Let's discern God's will. Let's be filled with the Spirit. And remember, it does not free us from the different pains and, and, and wrongdoings that go on, go on in this world, that happen in this world. But it will help us navigate them. It will help us know how to respond, how to answer. And to bring a little bit of heaven, not only into our lives, but in the places that we are. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Father, because we, we are empowered by your Spirit. You, you not only decided to come and dwell among us, with your, only with your tabernacle and, and, and the temple. That was, that was just so, those were signposts. They were just pointing to what you were aiming at. And after Jesus gave his life for us, and he died, and he came back to life, and then we are new creation in him, that we have been set free from our ways of life, that we have received this new life, you made your dwelling in us. So that way, through us, you can bless not only ourselves, but everyone. That is your vision for the world, that as we work together, Father, we create communities, we create little pockets of Eden, of heaven, here on earth, because at, some, at the end, you will just bring him back together, Father. So we work towards this goal. Keep empowering us. Help us. Help us get rid of the influences that are just not contributing to the new life we're giving, but they're just suppressing us and dehumanizing us. And it's change those influences, change those habits, and be in line with what you want. Be filled with the Spirit. That's our prayer. Let us surrender to that, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.